You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's uh, time again for David's Pick. And uh, I didn't get in here. I was messing around and uh, it's all my fault. And I take the blame for it. And uh, I didn't even get a... uh, a cadence call up, but we we've got Mr. Cadence call himself here, <laughs> Mr. Submarine Mike, as most folks in uh, Johns Creek and around the world know him as, and uh, Mike is uh, was a submariner, not a submariner. You taught right. me the lesson. You taught, taught me how to do it. So, welcome back to the show, Mike, and um, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you here and. Uh, we always we've gotten where we and you mentioned to me that you wanted to add some names as well today that we always start off with or we have started always starting off with um, a prayer for our veterans and it's veterans praying for veterans if you go to our website you can see that we have the J Roy Ritchie Memorial and this is a way that I've tried to memorialize my best friend who recently died of the effects of Agent Orange that he was exposed to in Nam. And um, every, everyone that I've talked to that has had an Agent Orange problem and, and has or has a friend that's died from it, it's a terrible death. And uh, our government has finally taken some responsibility for it but not as much as i feel like they should but so we start the morning off with just a a minute of thinking about folks i want to mention a couple of names that uh, we've had sent in to us if if you know of somebody that needs um prayer be sure just go to our website there's a form there to fill out we don't use your your email address or anything like that and certainly don't sell it um, but we will mention their names uh, we have a Larry Kenyon we have a Liston Edge we have a, uh, well I, I think I'm going to leave this one to you uh, we had it sent in by uh, someone that uh, knows him as well so you want to mention that name Peter? Yeah. Peter Manfrey Peter Manfrey yeah. Peter's and, a good friend. And uh, Philip Calhoun, who is in the Air Force. And uh, we just, <clears throat> folks, we're going to take just one minute out of our busy schedules. Mine's not so busy, but everybody else's is. But let's take one minute and think about our brothers and sisters that served and need that extra help right now. We'll be back in one minute. Thank you. Amen. 
uh, David, would, if, yes, sir. if you don't mind, I'd like to add two names. Sure. Um, I recently lost two shipmates this past week, as a matter of fact. Uh, one served with me on the USS Pomadon back in 1966. Lieutenant Don Curtis passed away Christmas evening in hospice care. He had his family with him, thank goodness. And on the 26th, the following day, I lost a friend of mine, Mike Austin, um, who lived here in Atlanta and was a member of my Grayback Base submarine uh, veterans group here in Atlanta. I'd like to add them. They're both now on what we call Eternal Patrol. And... You know, as we go into a new year and we look back on 2020, it's it's been a tough year for lots and lots of folks. And 2021 is, is going to be as challenging, if not more so. And uh, with that, we've got to keep our veterans in mind and we've got to... Uh, not only keep them in mind, but take care of them and make sure they're taken care of. And this brings me to one final point, and that, excuse me, that one final point is that in Georgia today, we're facing a very important election, and I encourage everybody, every veteran, to get out and vote. I'm not not going to tell you which way to vote, but get out and vote. And before you vote, check the records. You've got one empty suit running for office, and then you've got a second man that proclaims to be a reverend, and yet he's pro-abortion. And in my opinion, abortion is nothing but another name for uh, murder. And... Uh, I uh, I can't go along with it, and uh, I can't support anybody that supports it. So uh, please look it up and uh, look out what we were look up what I'm saying about about going out and vote. And people like the gentleman sitting across from me, who I respect highly, is the reason that we can go out and vote. And I, I guess maybe I'm nuts, Mike. Well, a lot of people have told me that. But, uh, you know, when I go in to vote, there's two things that I, I still get ever since I was, since uh, my first vote, which was when I was 21. This was before they had the 18. But I'd go in and... It was such an honor to be in there and voting, and a privilege, and a, I respected it, and I still do. And I'm honored to pull out my driver's license and say, well, I am, I'm not very pretty, but I am who I am, and, uh, you know, and everybody should feel that way, in my opinion. Uh, we've got such a wonderful country, and, and that country has been saved and served by folks like Mike sitting across from me, better known as Submarine Mike. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to turn the tables on you and ask the last question first. Okay. And that is and you've had plenty of time to think about this. 
And I, I, you know, I know you're in the Navy and probably got over time probably got so much water in your head you can't you know still think like an army person can but anyway uh and i know this holds true for you because i sat at the table with you but did you ever come up with that name of one of a veteran that could tell only one story no not possible (laughs) not possible but they're all good stories they are the best stories they're the best absolutely and we want to remind all those grandfathers and fathers out there that have served get your kids or your grandkids on your knee and tell them about what you did because that'll be the most one of the most important things that you can ever do for them so we're back with mike and talking about submarines and sure you had some other uh, things that you wanted to bring up i believe i did i did I, I, there are a couple of things uh, you might want to call me public service announcements or or whatever but uh, i'd like to clear the tables on them before i get to the submarine stuff um i just received an email this morning from alpharetta's uh, American Legion Post 201, which I happen to be a member of, and it's basically um, an announcement that it's still cold outside, and if Santa brought your significant other a uh, gift of a nice warm winter coat, and they still have one that is serviceable uh, that they were wearing, um, you can donate that one at the uh, American Legion um, Post in Alpharetta, uh, you can contact Matt Cronley at 770-294-5672 or at matt at cronley.com and get in touch with Matt and uh, he'll be happy to take your donation. Also, I received a um, an email from uh, the chaplain of my VFW post, 12,002, um, indicating that um, a couple of our members have come down with COVID. They're both on the rebound, but um, he just wanted to make mention of the fact that we're hoping that 2021 will turn out to be a better year than 2020. Um, and Hopefully, it will be for all of us. Um, uh, And a couple of the other announcements that I wanted to make was, um, you know that I'm affiliated with the Georgia Military Vets Hall of Fame. I've done a lot of narrations for members that have now been inducted into it. And normally, we would have held our induction ceremony on the Saturday before Veterans Day uh, in uh, Columbus, um, but the church uh, facility that we had held it at in past years had shut down this past November and has not yet reopened. Uh, so um, the uh, director of the Georgia Military Vets Hall of Fame, Rick White, who's a friend of mine, and a friend and, of and a friend of American, yes, exactly. Um, he lives in Johns Creek, and uh, he uh, requested if we could not use the amphitheater in Newtown Park. 
for an induction ceremony, which uh, at this point it's in the hands of or will be in the hands of the uh, government uh, folks at Johns Creek to see if they have nothing else planned. Uh, If they don't, uh, we're planning on holding the induction ceremony for the 2020 inductees on April 3rd, Saturday, April 3rd, 2021. Uh, If there is a change, we will get that word out. But right now, that's what we're hoping for. Um, And uh, also in Johns Creek uh, is the uh, Veterans Memorial Walk and the Wall That Heals, which was newly installed. And um, I'm proud to say that that's uh, I was a founding member of uh, Johns Creek Vets Association and uh, still am an active participant there. Uh, we are installing or will be installing a, a 100th anniversary commemoration of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Their centennial is coming up on November 11th, 2021. Uh, and we are planting a what they call a never forget garden of white roses that will be in the park around the uh, is it, is it Soldier's roses? Cross. It's white roses, yes. Okay. And uh, um, that will be, as a matter of fact, a couple of uh, people who have been uh, former nursery owners and um, um, greenscape landscape engineers have volunteered to provide contacts with nurseries to get the white roses for the planting. So we're hoping that all of that will take place uh, between now and uh, uh, and April so that they'll be in full bloom come November. So That, that will be beautiful and uh there's 58,000 names on that wall that have helped keep all of us free and uh, gave their ultimate sacrifice. And uh, maybe uh, maybe you know, Mike, uh, when are they planning on putting the kiosk in with the computer? I don't, I don't know exactly when. They're still working on that. But I can tell you this. We are going to be planting uh, over time um, 58,000 um, plants. Uh, I'm not sure if they're uh, tulips. I, or I thought, uh, yeah, I thought I was told that they were going to be tulips. Uh, they could be, um, and it, I think the first three thousand are going to be uh, planted um, probably as soon as we get into the spring, and uh, then in groups of, I guess, three thousand at a clip until we get to the full fifty-eight thousand. It's uh, if you haven't been there. It's quite humbling and quite a sobering walk, and and just uh, whether you had a, a loved one or a friend that served in Vietnam, um, just show your respect and and take the walk, and uh, I think you'll be very pleased. It's it's like a, I we often talk about this. If, if you see a, someone that is wearing a baseball cap that says I'm a veteran or I served on this or that or whatever or you see someone that's in active duty and has their uniform on whether it's a 
a military person or a first responder, and I've started bringing this up, is that our military is they're all first responders in that I can't there's not a country in the world that responds to a natural disaster or the call for help faster than the United States. So we are all first responders. If you're a vet, you were a first responder. If you're an EMT or whatever your position might be, we salute you. And if you see a cop or you see, and by the way, we believe in BLM, Blue Lives Matter. And um, that's what we we support. And if you see uh, someone in uniform at the wherever you might be, offer to buy them a cup of coffee, a drink, a lunch, a dinner, whatever it might be, and they will appreciate it. But I can guarantee you, you'll appreciate it more. The feeling that you will have after you've bought somebody that is a first responder covering your back will be more important than it. It'll, it'll make your day a lot better than it will even the person that you just did it for. An amusing story to that. I was having breakfast at the um, Uptown Cafe in Johns Creek with a friend of mine, Hawkeye, um, and we get together every month uh, for a vet buds meeting, and so he and I said, let's get together and have breakfast one morning. So we went and met at the Uptown Cafe and had breakfast. No, I will since I live there. <laughs> yeah. And um, so there were a couple of firemen that were having breakfast as well. Um, and I told the waitresses, bring that check to me. Um, and I figured, okay, there's going to be two, three guys. Um, by the time we had finished our breakfast... There were three uh, fire trucks outside, and there were eight or nine guys having breakfast. So I paid for all of them. It was about $100, but it was certainly well worth it. These guys do a great job, and they're fabulous, EMTs and, and first respond fire, fire folks. You know, it's sort of like uh, we were talking on a, a show yesterday about how can you not love and respect our police department, our firemen, our ambulance attendants. And, you know, it's the perfect example was in Nashville. The cops running sure. towards the van, they weren't ducking to. And who did people call? They called the cops. They didn't call a social worker and say, hey, can you come over and uh, talk to a bomb that's about to explode? They called the cops, and uh, we all will. And for anybody to support defunding our first responders, our police departments, or our military, and if and these people are people that hate the United States, and I made an offer yesterday on a show. If you hate the United States and you want to badmouth my flag, my country, well, I tell you what, I'll buy you a one-way ticket to Venezuela and I want your passport after you get there and uh, you'll have to sign a contract that you won't come back to the United States for a minimum of 25 years <laughs> And but I'll buy you a ticket and you can go see how you like Venezuela <laughs> and I bet I could get some other people to buy tickets for these people that hate the United States I love the United States and veterans love the United States and uh 
you know, I, I don't remember if I ask you this or not, but every other veteran that has been on, you know, if our country, even as old as I am and as old as you are, <laughs> but if our country called, I bet you both of us would be the first to raise our hands. Absolutely. And go back in in a heartbeat. I know uh, your friend and my friend, Richard Dix did that during yep. the pandemic, and he was—he's a logistics expert, and uh, he went back in to uh, do the logistics for the ventilators, right. and uh, he's still in. And uh, we'll be getting back out shortly, though I think. General Richard Dix, just yes, to sir. remind those folks. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's—he's um, he's a terrific guy, and uh, I miss seeing him at our normal meetings both at Johns Creek and at Vet Buds. Well, he's moved sort of down country from us, too. Yeah, that's true. That's and, true. Uh, getting back up to Johns Creek's a little, a little that's tough. True. But uh, anyway, we invite you to please go to the uh, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame downtown in the Floyd Building, right across the street from the Capitol. And when you've been down there, I'd make you a bet that you visited their cafeteria every now and then. Absolutely. Yeah, pretty yeah. good, pretty good child. Very good, yeah. Yeah. So make a day of it. Take your family, take your grandkids or your kids with you, and let them see what real heroes look like. And uh, also make a, a time and a day to go out to Johns Creek Newtown Park and visit the Healing Wall or the Wall It Heals and uh, pay your respect to the 58,000 that died in Vietnam for you and me. You asked about the uh, kiosk. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to be installed, but it is going to be an interactive kiosk. So um, it will have a screen on it, I think a touch screen. And if you're looking for a name, it will. you look up the name, and it will tell you what panel, what line, and what location that person's name is on the wall. So you can find a relative or a friend that you know may have been involved in Vietnam and passed. You can find their name. You know, and, and I, I mention it in passing as well. While you're there, go go on to uh, Peachtree Corners. They have a nice memorial, too. And, uh, you know, Vietnam veterans are finally, in my opinion, getting the respect that they deserved when they came back from service. And, uh, again, please, if you are a family, if you're a veteran and you need prayer or you know of someone that does that's a veteran, please go to our website and just click on the J. Roy Ritchie Memorial and send us their name, and we'll be glad to mention them on the air and, and ask the veterans. And we have a number of veterans that listen to us across the country, and um, we believe in it. So we'd appreciate you going to it. And uh, let's get back to talking about submarines. Sure. And you had, uh, again, another couple of stories there, I believe. I do. I do. I I have one that uh, I can tell about uh, uh, the time that we almost got cut in half by a big cargo ship, these uh, big uh, container ships that you see uh, on the ocean. Um, it was a very rough sea, and we were on the surface um, at night. It was about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and... 
the waves were coming over the ship and it was going up it was porpoising as they say uh, every time it would go down the radar mast would go beneath the water um, beneath the waves and we would lose sight of where the ship was that was coming towards us the first time we picked it up was 2,000 yards which is a nautical mile the next time we picked it up which was about maybe a minute and a half later it was at 1200 yards and closing and we didn't know which direction it was going you needed like three points to be able to triangulate and the third time we picked it up which was much closer it was only 800 yards and it almost cut us in half i mean we could see i could read i was on topside watch at the time and i could read the names on the side of the containers that's how close it was uh, as it passed by so we were very lucky that night and um, that's one of the stories that you know is is typical of uh, back in the day on an old diesel electric submarine today on a nuke that would never happen you're going to be submerged you're not even going to know what's going on and you're not even going to feel the rough water if you're down below three four hundred feet you won't you won't even feel it it's like walking on the concrete floor (laughs) so but uh, that was one story another story i could tell is um when we were operating off the coast of vietnam um we would Uh, We had a salinity gauge in the control room, which would tell us the quantity of salt water to fresh water. And as we would pass by a a stream or an inlet, a river inlet that's coming into the ocean, of course, that's going to be fresh water coming in from the mountains and dropping down. So the salt content is going to be less than what it is out in in the sea. And if you're traveling submerged at about periscope depth and you're close in, as we were, uh, you probably have maybe 80 or 90 feet below your, below the boat. As soon as you hit that freshwater patch, you're going to drop like a stone because the the salt content in the water is, is not the same. And when it's fresh water and not salt, you don't have that buoyancy. So you're going to drop, and you have to be very careful that you don't drop and and ground. Um, so it's just you know you're and you're not traveling at a fast speed. You're traveling like maybe two three knots, just enough to not cavitate and make any sound. And so it's very very um, difficult traveling uh, there. And that was that was part of the 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 problems that we had. Um, I can tell you about a uh, an issue that we had with a, a, a crankshaft where we had to leave the operating area in Vietnam and we had to travel to the Philippines. And that's um, people that are familiar with diesel electric submarine motors. Uh, Fairbanks Morse uh, makes uh, a 12-cylinder opposed piston um, engine. I, I doubt that a whole lot of our listeners are uh, familiar with submarines, but <laughs> on that note, I tell you what, we'll finish the story when we get back. Stay tuned for more Submarine Mike on America's Web Radio and David's Pick. 
Hi, this is Rocky Blyer, and I hope you'll make plans to join us on January 28th for Warriors for Hope. I'm thrilled to be a part of this virtual fundraiser for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and Warriors to Citizen. These organizations do so much to support veterans, first responders, and families who have been touched by pediatric cancer. I'd also like to thank David Moxley and his show, David's Pick, here on America's Web Radio for supporting Warriors for Hope. And I know you'll want to join in and support this event as well on January 28th. So visit warriorsforhope.events. That's warriors and the number four, hope.events. You can make a gift and reserve your seat for this virtual benefit. Again, that's warriors and the number four, hope.events. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you at noon on January 28th. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. Every week we come to you with the information that you need so that you will be prepared to advocate for your family and for yourselves when it comes to your health care. God forbid we get Ossoff and Warnock in the Senate and the left gets what they want, which is a majority in Congress and the White House. First of all, health care will be more expensive. There initially will be a public option. The government will run it. They will be initially very inexpensive and it will drive commercial payers out of the health care market then the choices will disappear. The only insurer out there will be the federal government, and that's when we get a single payer. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Was not over. Was not over. I just couldn't get away from it. I had to play one part of a Jody just to get, get the feeling right. And... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Mike was telling us another story. This, this has got to be the naval version of getting religion when you jump in a foxhole. <laughs> it could very well be. Um, as I was saying before, we ha- had a, uh, a broken crankshaft on number four diesel engine, uh, and we had to replace it. Now, um, for those obviously not familiar with diesel-electric submarines, um, there are two styles of what they call maneuvering room. Maneuvering room is where the electricians will move sticks back and forth that control the motors and the generators and the shaft of the, the boat to enable you to go forward, reverse, and so forth. Well, there are two styles of maneuvering rooms. One is called a straight maneuvering room, and one is called a split maneuvering room. If you had a broken crankshaft in a straight maneuvering room, your mission is over, because the only way you can get the crankshaft out is they have to cut a hole in the top of the boat and take the crankshaft up vertically out of the boat to replace it. Fortunately, we had a split maneuvering room, which meant that we literally opened up the engine, took the upper crankshaft out, and six of us carried it into maneuvering room, and then from maneuvering room into the after torpedo room, and we basically offloaded the crankshaft as we would have offloaded a torpedo. We put it on the torpedo loading hatch, and we took it out through the the hatch that's in the after torpedo room. Um, 
that's the only way that we could have gone back on station in Vietnam. Well, what we had to do was we went to the Philippines at that time back in the 60s. We had submarines that were based in the Philippines, and we had to find one that had a same engine, Fairbanks Morse, as opposed to General Electric, a Jimmy, um, because that crankshaft would have been a different size. But if they had the same motor, we had to go into their storage container, break the lock, take our old one, which was no good, put it in their spare, and take their good one so that we could offload it. They needed the old one so that they could get a replacement. And we took their current one, their spare, and brought it back down to the boat and unloaded it as we would a torpedo and then did the reverse, walked it back into through maneuvering into the after engine room. And we actually installed it going back to Vietnam while submerged. And I remember because I got, I was a torpedo man, but I got volunteered to help the engine guys put the thing back in place. And I remember using a, a, a an old t-shirt or rag to put between the chain hoist um, as we clink, clink one at a time to keep the sound down as we lowered it back in place into the engine and we reassembled the motor on station going back to Vietnam. Hmm. What a story. What a story. That's uh you know this is this is the thing and and this is the exact reason that we do the show or any of our veteran shows and we do a number of them now. But and I know that all listeners aren't submariners or aren't veterans even, but it's sort of like it's sort of like Paul Harvey used to say the rest of the story. story right? But I look at it like the stories that the veterans that come in, like yourself, come in and tell are history that in many cases will never be written. But I hope the people that have never served or or served in a different branch like myself you know these are fascinating to me and uh, i hope they're fascinating to the our audience that they're getting something that like i said they'll never see it in a history book and are doubtfully anyway and um, these are just great stories that our veterans have to tell and uh, we look forward each week to uh, a different veteran coming in and talking about what he or she did and I always like to uh, say one word about the folks that I have the greatest respect for and that's the dust off pilots that saved so many lives in Vietnam particularly in Vietnam and uh, they did such outstanding work and and then i've got to show my respect for mike and what he did with uh, i i can't imagine serving on a submarine uh i i could get i could drive myself into claustrophobia <laughs> sitting in the studio but um when I when I'd hear that hatch close i think that's about the time i'd lose it <laughs> but it it's 
definitely an experience that um, you will never forget. Um, I recently sent a uh, um, an, a video, a YouTube, um, to a friend of mine. His uh, uh, granddaughter is was interested in um, submarine uh, engineering, and I sent her a video uh, of a fellow that had uh, been on the USS Toledo and went. Um, he was visiting, and he uh, climbed in a torpedo tube uh, at the um, under the ice cap. And the purpose of that was to, it's a kind of a thing in the submarine service. You want to go in and, and write your name on the inside of the uh, outside d- uh, door. And it was so cold because it was under the ice cap that the a black sharpie marker wouldn't wouldn't write it that well. But he he went in, did it, and and, and climbed out. But uh, it's a great YouTube video, and you can probably look it up if you're interested uh, in that thing. It was uh, it was really something. Um, but it it's definitely uh, in terms of size. Uh, we talked earlier about the size of the nuclear boats compared to the current ones. Um, to give the listening audience a perspective on size, the current um, nuke boats range between 540 and 580 feet, roughly. The boat that I served on was 306 feet uh, and was about... 25 feet in diameter, maybe 30 tops if you took the outer shell of the um, ballast tanks. Um, So you're basically talking about looking at at, uh, people can visualize a football field, 100 yards, that's 300 feet. So my submarine would fit end-to-end of the end zone. in, in there and it's roughly 50 yards wide so that's roughly 150 feet so you could get like five diesel electric submarines shoulder to shoulder in the size of a football field compare that to an aircraft carrier which is roughly 1100 feet so that's four football fields almost for an aircraft carrier, so and they don't have to share bunks. No, and they, <laughs> that's true. They don't. But just to give people a perspective, now when you see a submarine on the surface at a pier, all you're seeing is the walking surface. You're not seeing the rest of the ship, which is beneath the waterline. So you're seeing maybe. of the submarine if you're looking at it from the pier. You're not seeing the rest of it down below. So people don't realize how... Well, it's not really big. It's big in terms of displacement. But now think of this, and this is where people can visualize. If you're on a, a, a city bus... City bus, you have a walkway down the center that's roughly 30 inches, maybe 32. And there are two seats on either side that will accommodate two people. 
if you had two seats additional on either side that would accommodate four to six people, that is the compartment size of a diesel-electric submarine. It's roughly 30 feet, 25 to 30 feet in length, and roughly 30 feet or 25 feet wide. So there are 10 compartments, so that's your 30 feet. 10 times 30. As as they say, and this is another reason that uh, I could never be on a submarine i don't want to get to know my buddy that well <laughs> but i assume that on us you know and, and i kid about that but at the same token as, again we've talked about this uh, many of the vets have that you know the relationship that you have with other vets uh no matter what the branch is or the relationship that you have with the people that you served with and I would venture to say that the submarine people, because they have to be crazy to be on a submarine anyway, so crazies likes to stick together, and you all probably have a closer-knit group than any other absolutely. group absolutely. in the world. That, absolutely true, because unfortunately, uh, you know, one would say that in a foxhole, your friend, your best friend is the guy in there with you, but there's only two or three of you in there. If we lose a submarine we lose everybody because they're not traveling at 20 feet or 30 feet below the water line they're a couple thousand feet at this point so um, if I may I would like to read a, a poem um, a friend of mine Keith um, was here last week on Christmas Eve morning and um, I didn't realize that he was going to be doing that show until Rick uh, asked me to do the one um, on New Year's Eve morning. Uh, and I agreed to do that. But I would like to, since this is still holiday week, I want to read you a poem that most people will think I think is amusing. Uh, it's called the Twas the Night Before Christmas, Submarine Style. Twas the night before Christmas, and what no one could see, the men with the dolphins were under the sea. Most of the crew was flat on their backs, snoring and dreaming, all snug in their sacks. Those men on watch were making their rounds, some manning the planes or listening for sounds. But back in maneuvering or down in the room, they all hoped the oncoming watch would come soon. I'd finished some PMs, that's planned maintenance, whose time was now due, and hoped for some sleep, even an hour or two. Against better judgment, I took a short stroll and found myself wandering into control. The navigator had the con, the chief of the watch was in place. The chief of the boat had the dive and a scowl on his face. The helm and the plainsman were relaxed but aware. The quartermaster and E.T. were discussing a dare. To comply with the orders, the nav told the dive to bring the boat up with minimum rise. 
The orders were given, and soon they were there, at periscope depth, with a scope in the air. The quartermaster confirmed our position with care. The broadcast was copied. We brought in some air. The nav on the scope let out a small cry. He shook his head twice and rubbed at his eyes. He looked once again to find out what it was. The interruption his sweep and caused him to pause. Try as he might, there was nothing to see. So down went the scope and us to the deep. I asked what it was that caused his dismay. He sheepishly said, I'm embarrassed to say. It could have been northern lights or a cloud or a meteorite, he wondered aloud. But to tell the truth, I guess I must say, and though it passed quickly and never was clear, I almost believe it was pulled by reindeer. We laughed and teased him, and I got up to go when our moment was broken by Con Radio. They told us a message was just coming in. We looked at the depth gauge and started to grin. Radio Con, I feel safe to say your attempt at a joke is too long delayed. If I had been sober, it might have been neat, but I could, I doubt we're receiving at 400 feet. Con Radio, you can come down and see. We're not playing games to any degree. I headed aft with nothing better to do, surprised by the fact that it was still coming through. It stopped and was sent to control to be read. The nav read it slowly and scratched at his head. Then again he began, but this time aloud, to those that all waited, a curious crowd. To you denizens of the deep and men of the sea, who risk your life daily so others stay free, I rarely have seen you on this my big night, for far too often you are hidden from sight. But purely by luck I saw you tonight, as your scope coaxed the plankton to glow in the night. And lucky for me, I finally won the chance to say thanks for all you have done. I know that you miss your families at home, and sometimes you feel as though you're alone. But trust what I say, and I'll do what's right. I'll take something special to your families tonight. All the gifts I will take to your kin, I visit your dreams and leave word within. There, hear your, of your love and how you miss them. I'll tell them that soon you'll be home again. It might not be much, I know this is true, to thank you for all the things that you do. But I'll do what I can while you do what's right. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. The end. No, hopefully it's... uh Hopefully it's just the beginning, Mike, and uh, that other folks will be listening and decide that and realize that our military is one of the best jobs you can have today, without a question. And um, there's a place for you if you're a graduating high school senior or you've got your degree from a university and you haven't quite decided what you want to do. Well, let us assure you that the military has a place for you. Um, 
it's the pay is good. Uh, they're they always will have a job for you. Um, you do your duty, and you will move up in rank, time and grade, right. and. Uh, it's it's just a wonderful life. I, I always mention this, and maybe I should or maybe I shouldn't, but my son's a major in the Air Force, and I couldn't be prouder of him, and he's serving you and serving his family. And I do appreciate it, and uh, Godspeed to uh, my son. With that being said... Our military is so vitally important to our country and always has been ever since the revolution. And we've got a situation here in Georgia that I've got to take the time to ask you to please go out and vote. Um, We've got two candidates that would do what Obama's administration did, and that's gut our military. when my son was uh, serving in Hawaii, Hawaii, we went to Hickam Field, and I asked him, what are all those planes doing sitting on the tarmacs? <laughs> well, uh, we don't have the parts to keep flying, so we're cannibalizing those planes and trying to keep enough in the air to keep us going. Even training missions couldn't be fulfilled. And this was at Hickam that had suffered the brunt of the Japanese in World War II. And please, folks, and I'm not asking Mike to get political, but I can get political. We've got to keep the Senate as a Republican stronghold and a, and a defense against the radical Democrats that want to defund the police, defund our first responders, and gut our military. And our country wouldn't be our country without a strong military and we have shown that so many times and people like all of our guests that have come in the veterans that have come in and done the shows with me uh, my hat is always off to them and the love i have for our veterans and all that have served to keep us free and keep our right to vote a right and uh, you've got to express that and we've got to keep our senate in the hands of the republicans and if we don't then they say hope for the best and prepare for the worst and if we don't then you best start preparing folks it's going to get incredible so we're happy to say that um and happy to have you all listening uh, today. Mike, you want to wind up with uh, anything else that uh, you got there? I tell you, I think that we covered pretty much everything. There are some more stories if I am invited back uh, at some future date, and uh, we'll be glad to share those as well. Now, can I can't imagine you not coming back. I, I just... <laughs> That just uh, that boggles my mind that you'd even say something like that. You you're one of the few that has not. No, I can't take. I, I take that back. 
you're one of the many that have come in here that always have a home to come back. I don't care whether we're on the air or not on the air or planned a show or didn't plan a show, but you're always welcome at America's Web Radio. I appreciate and, it. And uh, I, uh, like I said, the folks that have served, no matter what you did, get your kids or your grandkids or whatever uh, your next door neighbor that plays cowboys and cowboys or whatever they play today uh, but tell them about your service and tell them about the military and what a great organization is and how you'll make the best of the best of friends when it's associated with any form of the military be it a veterans group like uh, Johns Creek veterans are just any group uh vfw veterans foreign wars um just on and on and they are the best people and you know as rick and i talked one time and mike mazell as well about the fact that you learn discipline and god knows we need discipline today but you know you learn discipline you know how to become a leader and it's just it doesn't matter what rank you come out of as you're still you still learned a lots of fantastic lessons that you will continue with throughout your life it's not just a a one time done it's uh, throughout your life you will have these memories and you'll uh use them you know and use the different things that you have in your life or different experiences that you've experienced in the military so with that being said uh mike thanks for coming in again you got one quick story um have to be a quickie no i really don't oh, okay. I, it, it, they're, t- they're too long <laughs> they're too long okay well i tell you what maybe i can pick up on one of them uh, when if I get invited back to uh, the uh, JC uh, Veterans, uh, sure. When you all open your doors again, I'm not sure I can take the uh, amphitheater. Which should be the uh, fourth uh, Wednesday in January. Oh, really? So yeah. it's, you're going to be back in uh, yeah full operation, huh? I believe so. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, that's uh, that's good news, and uh, I will. Uh, try to remember that between the studio and my office and write it down somewhere Um, but it's it's just a great group of people and the one other thing that i'd like to quickly mention is that in so many times in so many cases and please correct me if i'm wrong but uh, we look at the military as men only and that's hardly the case there have been some fantastic women in the military and that served in in most wars actually sure. and uh uh like we had um uh, pete mecca and his show a veteran story was talking about the actors and actresses that served in world war ii sure and i had no idea that b Arthur was a marine absolutely yeah. you know and uh then we have you know we have all the other actors but uh you know uh so many of them uh, donna Rowe, i believe you know um well emma jean coca was uh she was a uh i think a captain uh, or a major um, wow. 
um, and she was a nurse. And she, uh, when she had gone over to do a uh, USO tour, um, the place that she was in with Bob Hope, I believe, with Bob Hope yeah, yeah. was was bombed, and and they wanted to clear her out. She just says, "I'm a nurse. She just <laughs> let me in," and and she took care of the patients. That's yeah. uh, that's an incredible story. See, you had a yeah. short story. Yeah, you know, uh, no, it, it just I I feel sorry for the folks that haven't served in some shape, form, or fashion, and that. Um, they don't know what they've missed, and uh, you know, I don't know where. <laughs> I have a pretty good idea where Hollywood stands today, but you know, the the ones that sacrificed during World War II, and um, you know, Glenn Miller that that died, uh, sure, and uh, just so many, and this is something that. To me, is a sin when when our history books don't acknowledge these folks and don't acknowledge all the people that volunteered and and uh, risked their lives and gave their all to be in the in the uh, military in the and a lot of them volunteered for the front lines. They didn't want to be in the back. They wanted to be right up front where the action was, and uh, uh, certainly Jimmy Stewart and. And all the others. So, with that said, we're going to put the plug in the jug and get out of here. And uh, Mike, submarine Mike, Mike Cutler, uh, thank you for coming in again. And uh, thank you. Uh, something that we can do. Um, we'll be back with more after this. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.